Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Welcome to Small Business Digest on Blog Talk Radio. Now entering its fifth year, this show is hosted by Don Mazella, Editorial Director of Small Business Digest. Each week he brings you advice and information from experts and small business leaders like yourself. Each show is designed to provide one or two thought-provoking ideas from authors, experts, and small business leaders, just like most of the individuals who make up our audience. Whenever possible, Small Business Digest tests the products and services featured on the show to ensure they are of a quality to help listeners grow their small business. Guests do not pay to appear, but are chosen for their ability to provide ideas and suggestions to improve operations, expand marketing, reduce cost, enable better personnel management, and add profits. Remember, all of our shows are archived at www.blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. You can hear this show and all others at your leisure. If you like what you hear, tell others about the program. If you have a question or suggestion, email us at editor at is-incorp.com. Should you want to join us on this program during our live hour each Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, dial 646-929-2337. That's editor at is-incorp.com or 646-929-2337. We're only as good as our guest and audience make us. You know, you know uh, we always try, uh, try to test our products and services of the, pe- the people we invite. Well, I have to tell you, um, I, I am not a, a fit, fitness person, and I don't think I could survive um, a Meg Firstis, um, who's co-founder of Precision Sports Performances um, Regimen. But there are a lot of people who have and, and speak very highly of her. And because she's such a passionate uh, uh, advocate of her program, we invited her on the on a, on today's show. Meg, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Okay, uh, Meg, as we uh, do with all our guests, first tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and a little bit about your company before we discuss anything else. Sure. Um, I've been married to my husband, Mike, for eight years. We have two kids. Our son, Michael, is four, and our daughter, Katie, is three. Tim and I both met at Ithaca College, and at Ithaca, that's where I studied exercise science with a minor in nutrition. From there, I went on to Northeastern University and received my master's degree in exercise physiology. I've been an athlete my entire life. I played three sports in high school, two in college, so I'm very passionate about athletics which is what brought me into my career today. Okay. And uh, now uh, you're, loca- you're located in New Jersey. Um, Correct. But uh, what, what, ma- uh, what makes you, your, your, uh, uh, your company different from other companies, and, and why is it so successful? So Precision Sports Performance is located in East Hanover, New Jersey, right off of Route 10 near the Target. And when we were opening up, our goal was to be the one-stop shop for athletes and fitness enthusiasts. 
We want it to be a multifaceted facility where we have physical therapy, massage therapy, strength and conditioning, personal training, and we also are very lucky to have a concussion specialist on staff. You know, there are a lot of sports performance facilities out there, but what makes us different is our approach to all of our athletes and our clients. When everyone comes in the door, no matter their age, no matter their sport, no matter their ability, everybody goes through an athletic assessment. And that gives us the ability to gauge all of our clients, how they move, where their strengths are, where their weaknesses lie, and then we can develop a program that's specifically based on their needs and their goals. Okay, we well, you know, uh, everybody talks about that, but someone comes in. Uh, what are some of the common things you find people are not doing they should be doing to, to aid in their physical efforts? Honestly, working on the basic movements. I know that in my line of work, functional movement is a big buzzword. But quite honestly, you know, we have non-athletes, fitness enthusiasts, you know, people of my age, older or younger, going out and just wanting to run or lose weight, but they're bypassing all those things that are going to keep them healthy and help them to avoid injury. So we really work on flexibility, mobility. We incorporate a lot of dynamic movement and just reiterating the common functional movements we do every day. When you sit in a chair and stand up, you just did a squat. If you're going to put something away in a pantry above your head, you're doing an overhead press. And a lot of people don't understand that we do movements, physical fitness movements, throughout the day. So if we work on those movements and make sure we're encompassing all of those exercises and hitting all the muscles involved in that, we're helping all of our clients and our athletes avoid injury as best we can. Okay, so, uh, but you deal primarily uh, to improving the uh, uh, athletes. I mean, do you also, now, for instance, I go to the, um, the Kessler Institute for my back. I have a, a bad back problem. Do you do rehabilitation work as well? We have on-site physical therapy, but staff for TST, we're all strength and conditioning coaches. But, yes, we do work hmm. mainly with athletes. We just launched our general fitness program which is, you know, for our general population. But for our athletes who walk in the door, we are concerned with getting them to be more explosive on the field, better on the court. And we do that by first creating that better athlete, working on those movements, making sure we're avoiding injury as best we can. So when they get on the ball field or get on the court, they're a better athlete for that sport. Okay. Well, well now, well now uh, one, of the, one of the things uh, I like, you have some, uh, fairly famous people or athletes that have come in, but um, uh, what is it about you, uh, you uh, and your efforts that makes people keep coming back and recommending you? I think, because quite honestly, I have a great staff. We all have our expertise in a certain area, but when you come to PSP, you don't just have one coach. You know, one of my coaches is phenomenal at Olympic lifting. Another one is phenomenal at teaching some injury prevention exercises. So when you come here, we have that 360 approach to fitness and sport. And I think that's what people really like about us. You're not just getting one coach. You're getting a full team of support. Um, our physical therapists on site, our massage therapists on site are also there to aid. And I think that's really what separates us from other people and keeps bringing our customers back. Hmm. Well, uh, you know, 59% of the people who listen to our program are owners of small businesses like yours. But what made, uh, one of the questions I always ask, 
What made you decide to, to start your own small business? You know, I'm very passionate about athletics. I've been an athlete my entire life. And growing up, I didn't have a facility like PSP. You know, coaches at high schools or on the college level work really hard to keep their athletes in shape. And I wanted to provide a facility where athletes can come to off-site, away from school, so they're getting a different viewpoint. Oftentimes we see, and it's no fault of the coaches, coaches get into uh, repetitive behavior. When they're practicing for their sport, they know they're working towards a goal for playoffs, for the big championship game. Most often they lose time in their practice for the fitness component, for the stretching component, so they have to work on their plays and work on their tactical skills, which we totally understand. And unfortunately, that oftentimes could put our athletes at greater risk of injury. So, you know, being an athlete my entire life, again, I didn't have a facility like PSP. So I wanted to create a place where athletes can come to get treatment for physical therapy, get their massage, do their recovery workouts, and work on those skills that are going to keep them healthier and longer playing on that field. Okay. You, de you decided to open a business. Is, is your husband involved in it as well? Uh, not on day-to-day -day operations. My husband's a full-time teacher. Huh. Okay. But now you decided to open it. Um, what were some of the um, um, obstacles that you found, and how did you overcome them? Um, well, first, I've never owned my own business before, so, you know, it was a lot of planning on my part, and I spent a long time putting pen to paper, developing a business plan. It wasn't something we rushed into. You know, we made sure all of our T's were cro uh, crossed, our I's dotted, and when we thought we had the plan as perfect as we can get it, we ran with it. And, you know, my advisors for my company are not in the fitness industry, and I think that's something that's very important any entrepreneur to have an outside advisor who may not necessarily be in that same line of work as you. It gives you a fresh look at what you're doing. It gives you an outside opinion that more often than not, I find that entrepreneurs need because we get caught into the day-to-day -day operations of what we're doing in our industry. And to have that outside resource to guide you, I think is extremely helpful. Okay, so you had all this. Um, what what made you settle in East Hanover, and uh, how did you find the the space that you needed? It took a long time to find the space. I'm not going to lie. We had a great realtor helping us out, but we knew the space that we needed uh, was a little bit non-traditional, being a sports performance facility. We were not the regular run-of-the-mill gym. We needed high ceilings. We needed a lot of space for movement. And when we found the location in East Hanover, we thought it was a great spot being right off of Route 10. Route 10 is very well-traveled. East Hanover is a great uh, town to open up a company in. The town has been nothing but welcoming. And so weighing all of our options, we thought this would be the best location for us to start. Mm -hmm. So, okay. How long have you been in business? We are coming up on our one-year anniversary. Oh, boy. So, so you're a real newbie. What have you learned in this first year? What oh have you gosh, learned in this first year? <laughs> so I, I, tell I us a couple of the things. I found when, you know, having been kind of knee deep in the build out phase that you have to really plan for things that might be set back, things that might take longer that are completely out of your control. Um, 
But with that said, that gave us the opportunity to really network in this area, to take that time to slow down, take a step back, to kind of make some touches on our game plan once we hit the ground running. It really gave us the opportunity to welcome people in from, from day one to we have a brand new facility. You know, we're opening up in your community, so please come on down. Let me show you the step-by-step -step process that we're making and, uh, you know, see what kind of, quite honestly, alliances you can make within your community. Mm -hmm. So how did you go about marketing your, your operation? Well, we're very lucky that a lot of our marketing is done by word of mouth. But being that a lot of our audience um, is of high school and college age, we use social media. We've been very successful with our social media advertising and our marketing. We'll use Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to kind of go across the board and make sure we're getting kind of every age group. Obviously, for our high school and our college kids, our parents are, are who make the decision whether or not they want their, their child to train. So that's why we chose Facebook for certain ads, Instagram for other ads. Um, we do Snapchat. And then we also really do a lot of, you know, cold calling, as well as using a mass emailing system. Well, that's, a, that's really, you seem to have thought it out. Where did you find your advisors for all of this? Um, for the marketing or just in general? Well, let's start first with the comp with the um, with building the company. You decided to you wanted to open your own business. Where, where did you find your advisors, and, and why did you use that choose them? Uh, well, one of my advisors I've known for a very long time, and uh, he's you know I, I've known his family for for a while, and I actually uh, worked with his daughter. So just kind of bouncing some ideas off of him through the course of my career, even before. PSP became a blip on my radar. I just found that he gave me some phenomenal feedback. Um, he's not in the fitness industry, but he's a very smart businessman who tends to make some very good business decisions. So when planning out PSP, I thought of no other person to go to to get some feedback and to get my advice and to really help steer me in that right direction and have the support that I need. Hmm. See, uh, all, all this is interesting. Now, you're coming up to your one-year anniversary. Um, uh, uh, um, I guess my question is, uh, have you been able to attract some star athletes that uh, um, have kind of pushed your business? Or where have your, your first um, uh, customers come from? Well, our first customers came from um, kind of all over. Because myself and my staff have been doing this for quite a number of years, I myself have been doing this for over a decade. We already had a nice little following to give us that cushion for our start. Um, but being in East Hanover, we are in a location where we have the Red Bulls Training Center nearby. We're not far from the Jets Training Facility. Um, we're in a location where pro athletes do tend to settle. To do tend to settle. So um, that was definitely part of our game plan in choosing East Hanover. But the bulk of our athletes and our clientele have come from the local area and has been spread of word of mouth from our original athletes and clients. Hmm. Okay. Um, what, what have you learned in this first year that you'd like to pass on to um, our audience? We're, we're talking with Meg Forster, For, Forsters, 
I'm I'm having trouble with your name. She's co-founder of Precision Sports Performance. Uh, she's a relatively newbie, but I have had her on to the uh, today because um, uh, one thing everybody tells me about her is that she has passion, and passion drives an awful lot of companies. Yes, so I Meg, would. Yeah, I would say. Go ahead. Yeah, you're I was the guest. Say that, thank you very much. To um, the one thing that I've learned this year is that you have to be passionate about what you do. You know, the first couple of years of a business is not easy, but you have to maintain that passion, and you have to be okay with modifying your business plan as your company grows. As my company continues to grow, my business plan is going to have to be modified to accommodate that growth. And you know, I, I'm typically somebody who kind of puts my head down and, and runs with something and, you know, doesn't really take no for an answer. But I did learn this first year that you have to be flexible, that things are going to need adjustments, things are going to have to be modified, and you have to accommodate for that because that's going to be the best thing for your business. Mm -hmm. Really, um, can you give us one example of where you had to change what you were originally thinking of doing? to change the fit the circumstances? Sure. Yeah, sure, no problem. We had to, we have a certain schedule that we keep for our athletes. We um, have, you know, for example, a nine o'clock class or nine o'clock session come in, I don't know, for, for whether it be for our general fitness program or our athletes. And I kind of thought I had a really good idea of what some of our new clients with our existing clients would want to spend when they would want to come in and, I had the whole program laid out, but I quickly learned that with a larger facility, with all the amenities that we had, that the, the original outline that I had laid out wasn't really jiving with the need of our clients. Now, obviously, your client needs have to be one of your first priorities as a business owner, so we had to make that adjustment. Um, again, it wasn't what I thought that we were, would be doing, but we made the adjustment, and we benefited greatly from it. Hmm. Uh, that's a really excellent example. So t uh, do you have a website? We do. We're precisionsportsperformance.com. Can you spell it out for our radio audience? Sure. It's www.precision, P-R-E-C-I-S-I-O-N-S-P-O-R-T-S-P-E-R-S-O-R-M-A-N-C-E.com. Hmm. That's a long one, but 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 it certainly it's says what you you are. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I didn't mean to interrupt it's you. It's a mouthful of a website. Hmm. I'm sorry. Say that again. The website name is a mouthful. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh. How did you come up with that name? Um. You know, when we were thinking about what we wanted to call ourselves, we knew that. We had elite training, we had, you know, elite backgrounds, we had great education, and we realized that our programming and our tactical approach to all of our clientele needed to be very precise, it needed to be thought out, and that's where Precision came from. Oh, um, it's really interesting. Uh, I guess one of my final questions, how do you charge? We do monthly packages. So depending upon 
our, you know, the needs of our, our clients or our athletes, they have the option to come in one, two, three, or four days a week. We tend to stay away from the unlimited during the week because we, you know, promote recovery and re- rejuvenation. So we wouldn't want somebody coming in necessarily five days a week all the time. But with that said, we do sometimes offer the unlimited option for our classes. And um, depending upon their age and the length of their program, they would pay a monthly rate for their their training. Hmm. Well, really, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real um, uh, pleasure. And w- what we're going to do is make sure you come come in back on our program next w- year and tell us w- where you've been and how things are going. Because I know our audience is really uh, will be really fascinated as you grow uh, in your own business. Thank you. We're talking with Meg Foster. Foster, um, Meg, so pronounce your last name for me. Firstis. Firstis. Uh, I'm looking at it. F e r s t o s s. That's what my producer put down. Is that it? It's S-U-R-S-T-O-S-S. Yeah. Well, well, Meg, will we make sure people know it? It's Precision Sports Performance. You're in East Hanover, New Jersey, and we wish you the best because you certainly told us a lot today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Want to know more about health savings accounts for your company or yourself? Go to 2hsa.com and get a free employer's primer. Health savings accounts are a cost-effective way of offering health care benefits to your employees and yourself. HSAs build retirement funds for your employees, improve morale, and reduce your health care benefit costs. For a free employer guide to HSAs, go to 2hsa.com. That's 2hsa.com. Life. It's made up of the simple day-to-day moments that keep us all running on full. Full of joy, passion, and restlessness. It's singing full on to your car radio with the windows wide open. It's a whole bunch of early morning rush hours and a few late night runs for Rocky Road. It's full of pit stops and drive-throughs. It's life, and we live it between fill-ups at Valero. Valero top-tier certified quality fuel keeps your engine running cleaner, better, and longer. Find a station near you at ValeroCleanGas.com. We're, b- we're back here live, waiting for our next guest, uh, Robin Bernstock, who's got a fascinating book, who I just finished reading. Um, but while uh, while we wait for her, he, here's another a very interesting guest I interviewed uh, just uh, at the Fancy Foods show. His name is Justin Derling, he um, and he he's got a fascinating company called cocktails to go you're a business owner check you have business owners insurance check and 10 years ago that went about enough today small businesses are being targeted and taken down by hackers medical offices consultants cpas any business that's built success has everything to lose you probably have cybersecurity installed on your computer check but you probably don't have cyber insurance coverage against loss and damage if your data is compromised cyber policy covers that gap 
CyberPolicy.com shops the leading cyber insurers to find you the right policy at the right price to avoid a catastrophe. Robin is with us right now. Robin, welcome to the show. Yes. Thanks. I, nice to be here. I, I have to tell you, your book is, uh, I love the title, Adventures of Women Entrepreneurs. It's a, uh, Thank you. Uh, um, so uh, before we go any further, uh, Robin, tell us a little bit a bit about your background and uh, uh, and a little bit about the book uh, before we do anything else. Okay. Well, I am living in Denver, Colorado, and I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, and so I'm always building businesses on the side while I had a full-time job and finally one of those businesses took off a a few years ago I started importing copper mugs and there was a a really popular trend people like to drink a cocktail called the Moscow Mule out of a copper mug so the products were selling really quickly and I expanded the product line to over 100 different products under the brand name Alchemade and built a website and different sales channels and um, ran ran the business for about three and a half years. And it was a business that could be run any place at any time. It was based in the cloud and the products were stored at a third party warehouse. So I could work from anywhere. So I took the business on a, a six month road trip and worked from a van, visited customers and marketed to new customers. And um, then after a while, I was, wasn't getting as excited about the sales and, and the money coming in. And I realized that the best part about being an entrepreneur was when people told me that my story inspired them to try something new and follow their passion. And so I decided the next thing I was going to do was related to inspiring people. And I was at a women's entrepreneurship conference where I heard some stories and realized that there were so many great stories out there that people should be hearing. And that's where the idea from the book came from, doing a a search for contributors and found 12 other entrepreneurs with great stories. And that's how this book came about. Hmm. Well, do you still have your business or did you? I sold the business to a private equity firm. I'm still involved. I have a small amount of ownership, but I've started another business consulting and helping small businesses with their e-commerce needs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now um, you, you've got this book which talks about women. Um, so I'll ask a, a general a, a question. It's, it's called uh, Adventures of Women Entrepreneurs. Uh, stories. Uh-huh. Uh, where can you get it? Before, uh, where can people uh, get get it? You could get it from Amazon. We also have a website that is awebook.com, and there's a link to purchase it on Amazon from that website. Hmm. Okay. Now you you've talked to all these women entrepreneurs. What are some of the traits that you discovered? That kind of that kind of run through these entrepreneurs, or uh, are they all different? Well, they're all different, but there are some common traits. 
uh, each of these people have overcome challenges and barriers and continue to work hard through all of it to to make their dream come true. And um, they, they've all learned to be comfortable with failure and stepping outside of their comfort zone. Um, yeah, everybody who has been successful has experienced setbacks and learned from them and continue to move forward. Okay, but um, in, in me going through this book, I, I see so many diverse people, but, but surely there must be um, uh, something, necessity, um, wanting to be free. Some of the things that, uh, um, uh, well, I'll, let me turn the question around. What are, what are some of the unique uh, talents women have that make them uh, good entrepreneurs? Well, I think women are great multitaskers, and uh, often women are balancing families and many other responsibilities outside of their work, and uh, they, they need to be well-organized and, and hard workers. Well, do you also think that they're better able to handle adversity, which a small business sometimes face? I think so, yeah. I don't know that women are better than men at facing adversity, but I think in general entrepreneurs are better at facing adversity. Yeah, I think every everybody who has their own business has dealt with lots of different challenges and and adversity is definitely one of them. Yeah, a few people in our book I, I can give you some examples of, like Lori Ames. Her son was diagnosed with a malignant brain tumor, and so she wasn't able to get to the office where she worked. And so kind of by accident, she ended up doing her own freelance work from the hospital room, and that turned into a small business for her. Another entrepreneur that's featured, she had health issues and her doctor told her she had to be on strong steroid drugs to deal with her rheumatoid arthritis. They told her she was never going to be able to run again and she didn't accept that news. She tried different solutions related to food and realized that going with a paleo diet made her arthritis go away. So she started cooking this paleo food for herself and her family and then for other people as a professional private chef. And now she has a business that does home delivery service for paleo meals all around the country. Well, that's, that's a really good example. Um, uh, I've seen over the years in, ta- uh, in doing this program and, and doing uh, my newsletters, that that women uh, entrepreneurs seem to have uh, 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 an innate ability to juggle um, business and family uh, to a degree um, it always surprised me. Do you notice yeah. that as well? Yes, I do notice it. It's always a juggling act, and I think entrepreneurs and the women in this book definitely do a good job of juggling. Well, to me, it's really fascinating. Um, 
I've been told, I don't know whether it's true or not, but uh, in uh, 2016, more uh, new uh, business was started by women than by men for the first time in American history. Oh, really? Um, wow, that's great. I haven't heard that, but I like it. Well, it's a statistic I always qualify because it was given to me by a group that hasn't yet published that data. And uh, uh-huh. uh, they're going back to check, but uh, if that being the case, um, uh, what do you attribute? Do you think uh, is causing that? Um, well, it's often necessity and uh, working a nine-to-five job in a cubicle is just really um, it's. What is the word? <laughs> well, it's just really difficult for people to have to stay in that one spot and doesn't really leave you much time to spend with your children and, and do what you really want to be doing in your life. And being an entrepreneur just gives you so much more freedom. You still are working very hard, maybe even harder, but you have the flexibility to do your work after the kids go to bed or while they're at at the park, <laughs> you really have flexibility to do the work anytime in any place. Well, um, the, uh, how did you decide on, on some of these people, uh, some of the women in your book? And what are some of the interesting things you found out doing the book? I did a, a search campaign. I, I went to some TEDx events and heard people speak and and talked to them afterwards and asked if they would be interested in participating. And I also built a website and Facebook page talking about the book and saying we were looking for contributors. I did some Facebook advertising to get people to learn about about our search for contributors and then had about eight questions that people could answer to tell us about their story. And, And from there, we interviewed a couple dozen different people and um, dug deeper into their stories and decided that these were the stories that we wanted to feature. And I learned a lot mm. from from each of the stories. Um, each each story is really unique. They, people have overcome lots of interesting challenges. I'm excited to go to New Orleans to check out Erica Lasser's Diva Dogs. She has a great story about opening up a gourmet hot dog restaurant and um, the restaurant, after a year, she had to shut it down because she couldn't cover the bills. But she took what she learned from that and opened up a food truck. And with the lower overhead costs and her knowledge about what people wanted and didn't want, she did it much better the second time around and has been really successful and has this food truck and also a permanent stand at a, a really popular market in New Orleans. And another woman featured in the book, Carrie Hammer, she has a a clothing line for professional women and decided to do things a lot differently. She first had a a fashion show and at her first fashion show, she realized that the models that were wearing her clothes were 15 years old 
and doing the math mm-hmm. homework in between the show. And she, that's not what she wanted. Her clothes are for professional women. And she started a whole new campaign in the fashion world called Role Models, Not Runway Models. So mm-hmm. at the fashion shows, instead of just having people see beautiful women now, she talks about the women and who they are and what they've accomplished and how they're making the world a better place. And it's just a much better deeper way to have a fashion show and um, I'm really proud of what she's done well uh, uh, you've written this book Um, did you enjoy writing the book yes I did Uh, I'm not a writer I'm not trained in literature so I did have the help of a ghost writer I wanted to make sure that the stories meshed well together because everybody has their own writing style, each of the contributors answered some of the questions that we asked them in, in their own writing style. So I wanted to make every make sure everything meshed well together. Uh, so having that ghostwriter on board was a big help, but it was definitely getting out of my comfort zone. I never thought I would publish a book, but it was a great learning experience. And I hope that the book inspires many people. Hmm. Uh, do you intend to write another book? I would like to, yeah. I think we could do a series. I could. Um, ne- the next one could be an international edition with stories from people in other countries. We could do editions based on specific industries or specific mm. issues that people have dealt with. So, yeah. Well, you could certainly would enjoy to. the travel to the other countries, huh? Yeah. Doing the research. Enjoy travel. Yes. um, From your experience and from the experience in the book, what are the three things you would tell uh, any small business person, either entering the business or even running a business now, that you've learned over these years that you think are keys to successful small business? Sure. I think people should not be afraid of what they don't know. A lot of people don't move forward with a business idea because they don't think they have the knowledge, but you learn as you go. And and if you don't do it the same way as everybody else, that's okay. Your way can be the right way for you. Another thing is to embrace failure. I think people fear failure, but we should learn to embrace it. It could be a common conversation about what you failed at today so people can can get excited about it because really failure is just a learning experience and it means that you're just one step closer to success. And then lastly, I would tell people to write down their goals and where they want to be in three or five years and remind yourself about those goals and those changes you want to make because writing that down is the first step towards taking that journey. Uh, that's that's very good. Would you mind repeating the first one? Because that's the first time I ask that question a lot. But you've just come up with a really excellent one that no one else has come up with. Oh, thanks. Well, I think the answer was don't be afraid of what you don't know. And then the second one I said was pretty similar. It was a pretty similar answer to not be afraid of failure. Both of them, yeah. I think it's okay if you don't do things the way everybody else does because 
the way that you figure out is right for you, well, it might not be right for everybody else. If it works for you, it works. Well, that's that is really uh, that is really terrific. Uh, we've been talking with Robin Beerstock. She's the author of Adventures of Women Entrepreneurs: uh, Stories About uh, uh, That Inspire, and that that's a really interesting thing. Have you did, um, have you you felt uh, inspired from? Uh, for the people you've met uh, that, that you did the book? Yes, uh, I have felt inspired by them. And I think that they will inspire other other readers too. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, uh, let me just go, another question just occurred to me as I'm looking at your book. You hired a, um, a professional writer to help you. How did you go about finding mm-hmm. them and what did you learn from that? Um, I just did a, a search online and I contacted some different ghostwriters and told them about the idea. And Dennis was the one who responded with the most enthusiasm about the project. He has four daughters and he has a background in business and entrepreneurship. So uh, I thought he would be a good fit. And really his enthusiasm about the idea and getting involved with it is what really drew me to him. And I learned a lot. He really handheld me through the process of writing and editing and publishing a book and made it, the process a lot more streamlined. And, and, and do you click, uh, did you write and then he rewrote or how did you, um, how did you do your collaboration? Well, it was different for each of the chapters. I wrote my chapter and he edited it and added some sections that he felt made it flow better. And then for the other chapters, we had the contributors answer some questions, which were the basis for the stories. And then we interviewed them and heard more about their stories and from their answers and the interviews. And Dennis put together their chapters and I reviewed the drafts and added what I thought needed to be changed or improved. And we also collaborated with the contributors to make changes and improvements. And then after several different drafts, we came to a final version for each chapter. Hmm. Well, we've been talking with Robin Bearstock. She's uh, written a, a wonderful book, Adventures of Women Entrepreneurs. You can get it at Amazon and then uh, repeat uh, the, that you can also get it at your website, which you, will you repeat, repeat for us? Sure, it's awebook.com. Oh, it's a great title. Uh, Robin, thank you. you so much for being with us today. Uh, I hope our Thanks audience so enjoyed it as much as I did. Well, it, it really w- worked it. out. Good. You have a great uh, day, been... and thank you again. No, thank you, and have a good day. (laughs) Thanks. Bye.
You're a business owner. Check. You have business owner's insurance. Check. And 10 years ago, that went about enough. Today, small businesses are being targeted and taken down by hackers. Medical offices, consultants, CPAs, any business that's built success has everything to lose. You probably have cybersecurity installed on your computer. Check. But you probably don't have cyber insurance. Coverage against loss and damage if your data is compromised. Cyber policy covers that gap. CyberPolicy.com shops the leading cyber insurers to find you the right policy at the right price to avoid a catastrophe. Coverage against loss and damage if your data is compromised. Get a custom quote today in just four minutes. And for a limited time, use the promo code BLOGTALK to get Norton's small business protection for up to five devices. Free when you sign up for cyber insurance. Plan. Prevent. Insure. Visit cyberpolicy.com. That's cyberpolicy.com. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week with other guests invited to help you, our audience, improve operations, expand marketing, reduce cost, enable better personnel management, and add profits. Remember, all of our shows are archived at www.blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. You can hear this show and all others at your leisure. If you like the show, tell others about it. Want to make a comment or be a guest? Email us at editor at is-incorp.com. Your host was Don Mazella, Editorial Director of Small Business Digest. Until next time, keep faith with the ideals that made America great, and remember, small business is still the backbone of commerce. <laughs>